Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napolitan. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life, more business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today, Giovanni Casals and I are going to talk about how do we do good in the world and do business? How can we have conscious capitalism? How can we make money yet do the right thing? And how can we do that uh, in, a, in, a, in a greater way so we can actually have more of a thriving business while doing the right thing? These are some big questions and we're, gonna, we're not going to answer them, but we're going to start talking about them. Let's, uh, let, let, we'll do our best to give some insight. Let's do it. Giovanni, for today, I wanted to talk about you know, how we do business uh, for good, you know, like how, how can we be conscious about the people and the, and the planet that we're working with? And I just want to say straight away that this is a must for me. Like I, I, I don't, I don't work with people that are hurting others or that are hurting the planet. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's very, very, very important. Now there have been a few clients that, are moving towards that and they're like shifting their business and I'll, I'll accept that, you know, like there's sometimes we don't know, you know, like even you, you look at uh, stories like Patagonia and they, you know, they were doing things and, and they were, they started to notice, Oh my gosh, some of our suppliers are doing horrible things. And then they had to like go dig in. And, you know, a lot of us, we take for granted, like some of those things, I guess take for granted might not be the right word, but what I mean is that we just, we're going with the, the, the simple path of like, oh, there's a supplier. And then we don't ask enough questions. And it wasn't that anybody was lying to them sometimes. They just didn't ask enough questions. So it was like, well, where are you getting this? How are you doing the labor for this? So basically, you know, when we draw the line, it's like you're doing good or you're striving to let go of all the harm that you might be doing to the planet and and the and the and the people. I think it's unacceptable if you're hurting others. Then I'm definitely like, hey, go fix that and then come back and talk to us. Like, I mean, or just stop. Like, that would be good. Stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think I think it comes to th- think kind of going back to it, it's like it's just doing business how business was done previous, right? And it's not really knowing. And and some people I think consciously know they're hurting other people and or the environment, and they just don't care. Right. Because, I mean, there's there's been examples in the news of, you know, gas or oil companies being told, like, hey, this is causing an issue or other kind of companies like, hey, this is an issue. And then they ignore it. But like, yeah, with Patagonia, like just end up asking questions. Right. And I fully agree. I'm like on board. Like, I think um, every company should be have some kind of conscious model in it. Um, and, And at this moment in time, it might be hard to fulfill everything, especially if you're creating a product, right? Like it's a lot of stuff to getting from raw material to the final product. And like, is it dye? Is it, um, was it blue line, blue sign certified? Is it, you know, is it the people who are working on the products, the materials they're making, is it hurting the environment? It's like a lot that goes into it. And so if you're first starting out, it's like, that's a lot of stuff, but more people. And this is what's awesome about Patagonia. I'm sure you know this, but they want more companies to sell the same kind of products that they make, like 
you're at least using the same material so that it makes it cheaper for everybody. So it makes it cheaper for them. And then more than the other companies see, oh, hey, more companies want these good products, these like environmentally friendly products and all this other stuff. And so then just like, then it starts expanding out. Well, that's what I think is amazing about Patagonia. And they also um, created a 1% for the planet, which is yep. 1% of your profits go towards uh, environmental um, issues, which I think is, that's like my, my number one thing is environmental stuff. Like I, I love it. So. Yeah, it's a big, big deal. And I think, you know, what comes to me out of all this, just to go really big with it for a second is that I, I'm not a big fan of publicly traded companies. <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, you know, it's difficult for me and here saying that out loud and here on the podcast, the, the reason that it's difficult is that, you know, there are models where raising money and technology. Now, some people might argue that certain things wouldn't have been invented without that because it brings a tremendous amount of cash. But I'm just, so I'm not bringing this as a, like, oh, me against them or putting up a fight here. What I, what I want to recognize and what I'd like to have as a discussion, and I'm kind of more bringing this up, is like, how do we do this? Is that when you go public, then uh, you're no longer, you're no, your main responsibility a lot of times goes away from your cause and it goes towards uh, the fiduciary right. And you know, this is where oil companies like you brought up and other companies, they have a high difficulty of making change. So even if there are people in the company that want to actually see the change that we're talking about, they come up against, and I've talked to people in, in, major, in Fortune 100 and even Fortune 10, like top companies in the world, and they want to do this good. And they even might have got hired and they even have departments. How do we become more environmentally friendly? And they start throwing money at it. But then ultimately the decisions aren't made and it comes down to, oh my gosh, if we do that, our P&L is going to show a loss for uh, this quarter or this quarter. And that's what... Uh, you know, where then you get in trouble because what they have to show for their stockholders is that they're constantly growing, which then that's not going to be the case if you have to go back and redo all of your factories. And, you know, let's say you have to spend millions of dollars to retrofit everything. Now, the long term, they can afford to do this. Typically, they have the profits to do this. And then maybe they're going to take a loss for two years or one year. I mean, whatever the best way they could do it. Or maybe they have to do it in strides. Like maybe let's fix, uh, uh, two factories a year or whatever, like just show us that you're improving this and that, okay, you know, it's kind of like saying, let's close the company, rebuild the whole thing and start over. We know that's not always going to be possible. I, I understand that. But if you could actually say, okay, every year we're going to take 10% of our company and make it completely green you know, or whatever that plan would be. But then again, this goes back to being publicly traded. It would still hit their P&L and then they would show stock losses and then that wouldn't be good for business. And then that's where people go so, they get so mad at capitalism, you know, and, and, and I, I, w I hope in through some of our discussions and over the years that we work together, Giovanni, and like all of those that we work with, how do we define the middle? Because I think if you go all the way to communism, where like, okay, we're going to take all money, divide it up, we're going to do all these things. You know, all, many countries that have had this, they are all moving away from that. And then this extreme capitalism, that's what I want to call it. Extreme, I mean, really, it's not what we pictured it. Because from my understanding, if you go back, like even like you just said a minute ago, Giovanni, is that if we go back in time and we actually look at way businesses were done prior to now, 
then uh, we can see that you know before the Industrial Revolution, 85% of people were entrepreneurs, small shop owners, farmers, all these things. And they were taking care of the, the, the people in their community. And it was like community-based businesses and they made a living and they lived their life, you know, and it was, it was great. Um, and now, uh, you know, we've gone so far away from that. And, uh, and the good thing is now we can be a small business and still be global now with like all the technology and all these things. So you could be a multimillionaire. I mean, and even look, I think Patagonia is a billion dollar company now, right? Are they, they're broaching on that? I don't know. They're, I don't know, but yeah. they're, they're big and they're private. Yeah. I don't know if they're a B. I don't know if we even have that data, but I know that they're not a small company. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it is going on that extreme of capitalism. There's a book co-written by one of the founders of Whole Foods uh, called Conscious Capitalism. And that's when I first kind of like opened my eyes because I was looking like there's got to be a way, there's got to be a way to do business where it's taking care of the people, the planet and whatnot. And that kind of summed it all up, right? They call it the triple bottom line, people, uh, people, planet and profit. Right. I like to use prosperity instead of profit because profit just for me indicates just one thing of making money, but prosperity is like, in, incorporates that as well, plus more. So, but like when I first read that, I was like, uh, kind of like your story when you read, um, uh, you're talking about thinking grow rich. Yeah. Thinking grow rich. And you're like, you can choose. It's like, you can do business a different way. You can help people. You can help the planet yeah. and you can still make money. Like, yeah, yeah. Do it. What Giovanni's and, talking about is when, and I'll let you go back, but just so everyone can be up to date. I do this sometimes. We have these inside jokes, but to explain what the heck we're talking about. But Napoleon Hill wrote Thinking Real Rich and uh, in, in 19, and I won't get into the whole story right now, but I, because of a friend, I ended up reading the book. I was doing it to help him out. Well, it helped me out because he had to stay at my house until he read the book. So his dad would let him move back into his house. So I read the book selfishly to get him out of my house. And then ultimately, I learned so much. I saw person after person with adversity. And like I used to think that life sucked and that's the way it was. You just had to deal with it and you just have to suffer. And uh, then that was that's why I like wanted to run in the street with pots and pans and say, you can choose. Hey, everyone, did you know you can choose your life? Um, it was that, it was that kind of movie. So there you were reading that book and you're like, Oh my gosh, you can do business and do good. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, it totally changed the way I started thinking about business and then like who I wanted to help. Um, cause that's when, you know, like kind of the idea for Wanda working came like helping, and there's so many different names. That's what's kind of hard is like, we don't have a centralized name for all of this because it's, you know, either conscious capitalism, social entrepreneurs, uh, impact entrepreneurs. Uh, there's even another book called Firms of Endearment that show the good to great companies versus these um, socially conscious companies. And the socially conscious companies long-term outperform these good to great companies, right? The, the great companies of the good to great companies. And like they outperform them in the, the stock market. Um, Cause they're starting to see more and more that giving back to the community and taking care of your people internally, externally, your vendors, the community, the planet, it more and more people are wanting to purchase from companies that are, have some kind of social goal or what, or impact. Oh, absolutely. Cause and that's how, if you want to make an impact right now, whoever is listening to this, then just start noticing who you're buying from. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just it. And, you know, it brings back, and I don't know enough about Southwest Airlines, but I do know that they created ripples when they went public because when they went public, then everyone's like, oh, now you have to have your fiduciary right to your investors. 
And then the CEO at that time, I forget his name. That's why, like I said, I loosely know this. Um, so you can go look it up, but it's out there. He basically said, no, no, it's not. And, and it was a rager. Like everyone's like, what? It's your, you're legal. Like you, you're going to be breaking the law if you don't uh, respect the investors, your fiduciary right. It's like, this is what you've uh, signed the papers for. And he said, um, and then, and people then uh, during a press conference, they're like, well, who is it then? Is it all your, your customers? The customers are always right. Cause you know, people talk about it. And he's like, nope, it's not our customers. That's not our number one thing. And then they're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And he said, it's our employees. My, uh, my responsibility is to my employees. And here's how I figure it. If I take care of my employees, then they're going to take care of my customers. And if they take care of our customers, then that means that we're going to turn, we'll, we'll most likely turn a profit for our, uh, our investors. And now let's look at this. It's over 40 years. I don't know how many, but they had 40 years profitable in a row. I don't know how it is now with 2020 being so freaking crazy. I don't know how Southwest is faring. Like all airlines are getting hit. But for over 40 years, they, they were profitable where other airlines went bankrupt. And some even tried to copy the Southwest model after that, but it was just too late. Southwest like nailed it. And it was for the people. There was no class system. There's no first class. They're like, why would we have that? Because, you know, then we're saying, you know, someone's better. It's like everyone's in there together and we're going to keep the fares low so more people can travel. And it was for the people and for the employees. And then ultimately they did. Exactly what you said, Giovanni. When you actually think, oh, if I do this, I'm going to make less money, it's actually wrong. And we need more stories like this because then, then, the, uh, then maybe, then maybe uh, public companies can do it okay. You know, it's like, you know, I said that earlier in this podcast, but, and I can admit to overgeneralizing because are there public companies that are doing good? There probably are. Have I done all the homework? No. I just hope that every public company starts to recognize that there's more at stake than just making money every day. And in fact, going back to Giovanni, the statistics are coming in more and more that if you actually take care of the planet and the people, you'll end up having more profit. Yeah. And it's, and it's even cool because even, even the government's starting to shift a little bit because before uh, there was never uh, B Corp, B Corporations, right? And there's two different distinctions. There's actual a certification B Corp, but then you can also uh file as a B corporation, which is a benefit corporation, which then gets away from that legal aspect of your fiduciary obligation is to your, your uh, stockholders. And then it's now more to your stakeholders, um, which whatever you want, you, you can put money back into um, the community, the people and whatnot, which is, I think is amazing. And I think more and more companies and are starting to do that and starting to recognize it. And even if there's, I think even if, even if people start doing it just to follow a, the trend, like it's, it's a good trend to follow. It's like, okay, well, everybody else seems to be doing this and they're doing okay. Like, well, let's just jump on board. Like, okay, yeah, that's great. Cause then it just keeps that snowball effect and more and more good comes out of it. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's so amazing. And, and, and we do, we just, we just need this, you know, like, uh, we need to, uh, care for ourselves and you know and ultimately medically we're going to do better you know we're, we're we really are like i mean we can go down so many different avenues of how we're we're not being healthy about this being healthy about time and space and nature and our but then it all comes back to our own bodies because if we continue to eat pesticides and pollution 
then um, you know the human body is quite amazing. Let's give it a hell of a lot of credit because, wow, the fact that it can survive uh, so long. Uh, but if you look at a way the way a lot of our elderly, especially in the United States, are passing on, it's their filters. You know, kidney failure, different, all these different failures, and then. And, you know, there's a lot of different, and again, I'm, you know, this is another rabbit hole we can go down, but, you know, I look at that as, wow, they're so amazing that they've able to filter that long. But what if we actually made it easier for those filters? <laughs> what if we didn't have to deal with all these chemicals? And, um, and there are studies, I forget which movie it was in, but they were showing how there's babies now that are dealing with fats and like sugars differently. Like, that we evolve. So they're like saying, you know, basically they're saying if everyone did eat fast food there, you could like the human body would evolve, but we're going to go through this period of pain, but it doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. And who knows if that'll even work, but there were some studies that, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, when you look at like even pest control companies, they can never kill all the ants. And if they did, that would be horrible because ants provide something. And that's, you know, it's even like, I don't have my tonsils and adenoids getting real personal here, right? <laughs> but I, I was allergic. I still am slightly, but not as much. But when I was younger, I was allergic to eucalyptus. And every time I got sick, my mom was giving me like hauls or rubbing Vicks all over me. And then I was getting sicker and I would get like strep throat over and over. And my tonsils and adenoids would be like gigantic in my throat and I couldn't breathe. And they're like, oh, we have to remove those things. They were doing their job. They were like, damn, filtering as much as they could. If I would have just stopped having eucalyptus, I would have my uh, tonsils and adenoids right now. You know, and, and now it's not as popular. Like in my, when, my generation, everyone would get those removed. And now you don't hear about that as much because we know, oh shit, something that you're eating, something that you're eating, we should see what that is. What is that? Oh, maybe don't eat that and then you'll be fine. <laughs> So I back to why we're talking about this for good is like we just need to recognize this when when we're causing a challenge how else can we get there there's so many ways to get there don't think that it's one way and if you are one of the businesses that are like okay Steve we've been doing this for 20 years what am i going to do lay off my workers because if i make this big shift it's going to cost me xyz well don't uh, don't make that be the answer you know ask yourself how else can i get there do a think tank, get creative, get some of the biggest experts in there, find a way to do it. And then going back to what Giovanni said, not only maybe this is going to cost you money, maybe this is going to cost you time, but I, the long game is what we're in for, not only for our lives but, and the life of the planet, but even your business will fare better if you do the right thing. I truly believe that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you just ask yourself, how else can we get there, right? Just, I mean... What else, what other ways can we do this? Like it, it will start coming to you. Just keep asking. And, and there's already evidence of people doing it. Like industries are starting to get like sort of disrupted with socially conscious businesses, like just doing it a different way. I mean, this is funny. Um, Cause you actually remember, I remember you sent me a photo, but um, even the toilet paper industry, right? Cause Americans, <laughs> we use a, apparently a lot of toilet paper, but the process of old, the way old toilet paper is made, it just it takes a lot of bleach. It takes a lot of trees and whatnot. So then there's companies out there like um, one I actually subscribe to is uh, Who Gives a Crap? And they make it out of either bamboo or like sugar cane or something like that where that's a plant that's easily um, grows faster and yep. more abundant than the trees do. Um, 
But like, and they're, they're not bleached and everything. Who cares if it's yellow or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even then, it's not. It just still comes out white. Like, I mean, it. It's they're finding different ways to do it that are better for the environment, and they're still making money and making profit. Absolutely, still doing good. Yeah. And every time you buy from them, they invest in building toilets for um, people who uh, countries that don't don't have like a, a good infrastructure for like plumbing and stuff like that. There's always a way. It's beautiful. Yeah, just keep looking and asking and finding that way. And and then it's okay to make it step by step, you know? I don't think anybody can sit here and say, oh, fix your company in, in one swoop. We understand, you know, the bigger the ship, the more longer it takes to turn. But start turning. <laughs> just just start turning. And uh, for those of you that can turn a little quicker, then then do it now. And then let's let's make uh, let's make the world a better place. Let's just uh, continue to improve. And and I think a lot of ways it is. I mean, you know, to close out this, you know, we get so upset. You know, and one thing I learned from my 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 first big mentor, Jeffrey Slater, he uh, he really taught me to have gratitude because at that time I had you know built a business and done all these amazing things. By the end of my twenties, I met him like right when I was jumping into my thirties. And I was really pissed off at myself. And I actually felt like a loser. I'm like, because, you know, because I had made these super big goals for myself and I didn't hit them. And in fact, I lost over $4 million in my 20s. But then he looked at me and he's like, who does that? I mean, who in their 20s like makes $4 million and loses it? Like, congratulations that you had $4 million to lose that you made. It wasn't like your daddy's money or anything. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. I did that. He made me realize all the cool things that I had done. And so, you know what? First step, don't beat yourself up. You know, if something you've done has, you know, when, when's a good time to reset right now and find what you can be grateful for and then make the right choice moving forward. And that's it. That's all we can do is just learn from our mistakes and make new decisions and then go back to what we talked about. How else can I get there? You know, how else can we make toilet paper? How else can we do things and, and make a difference? And that will actually differentiate you and you'll end up faring to do better in your business. Let's do more of that. What do you say, Giovanni? Let's do it. Love it. Let's do it. Well, thanks for tuning in. I hope this gave you some ideas. Please uh, share with us your thoughts, what was most valuable from this, what you'd like to see more of so that we can continue to serve you with this podcast. Until our next episode, remember to choose gratitude. There's that word. And it will create your freedom. So lots of love. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.